Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. I have a thought tonight that I pray that you can tie in to whatever you're doing this year, and that is staying when you don't have to stay. Staying when you don't have to stay. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 in the New International Version says this, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Don't urge me to leave you because I ain't leaving you. And I think that ought to be a mantra of this church this year. I am not leaving the presence of God while I may have to leave the house of God throughout the week. I will not leave the presence of God. I am staying in his presence. Look at your neighbor and say, staying when you don't have to stay. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight, and I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us. Amen. The book of Ruth begins with Naomi's husband, Elimelech unexpectedly passing away it doesn't give us all the details it doesn't give us everything he could have been sick we don't know we know that they left their homeland and went to Moab because of a drought in Judah and so they were pilgrims so it were so we don't know if there were there were health issues because of traveling we don't know all the age we don't know all of that I'm sure you can study and find it out but When I say we don't know it tonight, it means I don't have it in my notes tonight. Amen. But there's a a lot of details that we aren't very familiar with with the story. But it doesn't matter when our loved one passes away. We're never ready for it, even if we know it's coming. And so Ruth found herself dealing with the emotions of her husband passing away. And just a short 10 years after the passing of Elimelech, that's a good word for some of our young people here tonight. 10 years might seem like a long time to you, but now that I have some hair falling out and my blood pressure seems to be rising and I'm getting a little older, 10 years doesn't seem to be so long. But 10 years after the passing of Elimelech, it was Naomi's sons who passed away and uh, leaving Orpah, and Ruth widowed. So we have three widows in a span of 10 years. There were no children. There were no nothing. There was just no, uh, there were no men left in the family. It was just three women left not knowing what to do. Some of you have found yourself in circumstances or members of your family in circumstances like this. One woman was navigating the tragedy of of losing her husband. That's Naomi. There were two women that were There were two other women that were um, dealing with the same tragedy, but Naomi was not only dealing with the tragedy of of, of losing her husband, she was also dealing with the tragedy of losing her two sons and an untimely death. So collectively, there were three women who were mourning. These three women were lonely, they were confused, and they were grieving. Now, we've all lost people close to us, whether it be our immediate family or friends or someone who was very near and dear to our heart. And so to some degree or another, everyone here tonight 
can associate with these emotions. They are natural for they are part of the seven steps of grief. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return from the land of Judah. You know, they had just lost their loved ones. They were in a very strange time, very unfamiliar time of their life. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living, what the NIV says, and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. When we find ourselves in seasons of grief or maybe seasons of uncertainty, maybe it has nothing to do with death, maybe it has something to do with your career or something to do in your family or something unexpected that popped up in your world that shakes you, you always tend to go back to what is comfortable to you. The struggle of a new normal is what these three widows were facing. Ruth chapter 1, verse number 8, I want to share a lot of scriptures just to lay the groundwork for my thought tonight. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. You need to go back to what is familiar to you because I am going back to what is familiar to me. You see, there's that principle again. We tend to always go back to what we are familiar with and seasons of turmoil in our life. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the death and the death of your husbands and with me. It's in times of struggles that we always revert back to what it's comfortable and familiar to us. And there's a lot of times that we would preach against this, that we don't need to go back. And, I, and, and you've heard me preach a lot of that. But there are times when we need to go back to what is comfortable to us. Maybe the past few months, the past year, the past however season of time that you've been going, you've uh, drifted from the familiar presence of God in your life. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you tonight to, to drift, uh, not just drift aimlessly, but make it your mission uh, to get back into the presence uh, of God. Uh, I've come to tell you that you might have wandered a mile away or a thousand miles away uh, from what you know is right. Uh, but if you run back to Jesus, uh, if you run back to what is familiar to you, uh, you will not regret it. Uh, you may have wandered off to alcohol. You may have wandered off uh, to wrong relationships. You, have, you may have found yourself wandering down the pathway of addiction and not knowing how you even got there. But if you now find yourself there not knowing what to do, uh, let me tell you what to do tonight. Uh, you ought to turn from where you are and you ought to get back in the presence of God. Uh, you ought to get back to a place uh, where you used to feel the liberty and the unction uh, of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Ruth was going back to her land of origin, so she instructed her daughters-in-law, her daughters-in-law to go back to their mother's house, to their land of origin, because when things are going crazy in our life, we somehow always end right back up where it all started in our life. And I'm thankful that in times of chaos, the church never changes. I'm thankful that in times of chaos, the God we serve, he never 
changes. No matter what season you find yourself in tonight, let me tell you, you are in the right place at the right time. It might not be a good time, but you're at the right place at the right time for a miracle. I've come here to tell you that you are in the right place for your dreams to come back to life. You are in the right place for your children and for your husband, for your wife to come back to God. You may have been wandering in a desert for a long time. You may have even been walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But fear not, child of God, tonight. You're in the right place. You're in the presence where His peace surpasses all understanding. You're in the place where our mourning turns to dancing. Where our sorrow turns to joy. And if He's done that for you, can you put your hands together and give God praise for that tonight? Ruth 1, 11 through 13 says, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come here with me? This is the New International Version. Why would you come with me? Why would you go home with me and grieve with me when you have a family that can comfort you? Why would you come with me? You need to go back where your family is and let your parents, let your loved ones, let the people who are closest to you, not just your mother-in-law, let, let your real family love and comfort you. This wasn't... Uh, This wasn't selfish ambition, but this was selflessness of their mother-in-law trying. This was Naomi trying to get her daughters-in-law to go back to a place where they could find comfort and peace. Naomi goes on to say, am I going to have more sons for you? She was, it seems like to me she might have been a little passive-aggressive. She might have been a little irritated in her season of grief. Am I going to have more sons for you to marry? Return home, my daughters. I love you, but I'm too hold to have another husband even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to more sons would you wait until they grew up would you wait with me or would you go back and would you get comfort would you remain unmarried for my children, would you wait 20 years, 30 years however long you have to wait no my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you we're all crying, we're all all sad, but this is a very bitter situation that I am facing because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Have you ever felt like the Lord's hand has turned against you? I felt like that. Now we all know that his hand never turns against us, but we have been in times of our life where we felt like the favor of God, the face of God was not pointing our direction. Let me read verse number 13 in the message translation just because a little simple guy like me can understand it very clearly. Can you imagine, Naomi said, being satisfied the way until my new sons would grow up? Would you wait that long to get married? No, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. Have you ever had a bitter pill? Oh, there's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than that, especially when we're talking in circumstances like this. This is more bitter for me than it is for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. God has dealt me a hard blow. It is very obvious that Naomi is grieving very hard. She is in the de- she is in the pit of grief, and we know that there's all different forms of grief. Psychologists say there's seven stages of grief. One, there's shock, and then there's denial. There's pain 
or guilt. Uh, there's anger and there's bargaining. Why did this happen? God, bring them back. Uh, Lord, what, why didn't you take me instead of my loved one? Uh, there's loneliness and then there's reflection when we look back and remember the good times of past or maybe even the bad times of past. Uh, and we have a new perspective of those times. Uh, and then there's reconstruction and we start to work through it. This is where things start to turn around and look up for us. And then the final stage is acceptance. And that's where hope begins to set in, where we know that our, that our loved one will never come back to us, where we know the situation will never change and go back to how it used to be. But we've learned to deal with the new normal. It might not be okay, but with God, we're making it one day at a time. This is where it, 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 it was in the heart of this season that Naomi found herself. Anger, bitterness, and confusion were completely natural emotions for Naomi to feel. She was not wrong for having them. She was not bad because she was having bad days. It was okay for her to not be okay. Naomi was blessed, however, to have a daughter-in-law named Ruth who committed to stay by her side. No matter what she faced in her own life, Ruth said, I'm going to stay with you, Naomi, because you feel like you are in a desolate place and you feel like you have been dealt a bitter pill that is worse than mine. You are not in a good state, so I'm going to stay with you. Verse number 14 says, Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again together. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Basically, this is New King James Version for Orpah saying, Goodbye, mother-in-law. I'm going home like you've asked me to do. This wasn't her being rude. This wasn't anything that Orpah was doing what her mother-in-law had asked her to do. But Scripture goes on to say, But Ruth clung to her. Ruth clung to her mother-in-law. Ruth was faithful to Naomi even when she did not have to be faithful. She stayed when she did not have to stay. She stayed when she was being encouraged to leave. Naomi was blessed to have one daughter-in-law who said, I'm not only going to cry with you in your time of grief. I'm not, only, I'm not going to just cry with you. I'm also not going to leave you. I'm going to stay here with you through your loneliness. I'm thankful today that some of you might not have a daughter-in-law as good as this, but what you do have is a heavenly father who will never leave you and will never forsake you. He is as close as the mention of your name and in your season of sorrow or maybe even in your season of victory, you ought to be able to stand to your feet tonight and say, God has been good to me. When I felt all alone, I still knew I wasn't alone. When I was confused, I knew the cloud of confusion was going to pass. In my darkest hour, I knew the sun was going to shine again. It was at this moment that Naomi gave Ruth another opportunity to leave in verse number 15. She said, look, your sister-in-law has left. Look at her. You see the dust from her wagon on the horizon. She is gone. She's doing what she needs to do. She's doing what I've asked her to do. She's gone back to her people and to her gods. She's, uh, 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 you need to return. You need to go back with her to your family. 
we need to take notice of this. Uh, church family, we need to make this a life lesson for us or, or a church lesson or, or a Christian lesson or whatever lesson you want to call it tonight uh, that when people are in their worst times, uh, this church runs to them. Uh, when people are all in the sorrows uh, of life, uh, we run to them. Uh, you hear me tonight. We must be a church that embraces uh, messy situations. Uh, I, I applaud you tonight for that's uh, who you are. Uh, but let me remind you again tonight uh, that no matter how messy the people, uh, no matter how jacked up the situation, uh, no matter how deep in sin people may be, uh, we run to them. Uh, we are the spiritual first uh, responders. Uh, we cannot save them, uh, but we can get them to the hospital. Uh, we cannot always change uh, their circumstances, uh, but we can love them as God loves them. Uh, we can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. What a powerful lesson this is for us. And let us always remember that we run to messy tragedies. We run to ugly situations. We embrace difficult conversations at times. No matter what it may be, how it may be, or when it may be, we, are, we have the integrity enough to stand for those who no one else will stand for and love those who no one else will love. You see, there's something beautiful about Ruth staying when she did not have to stay. Think about it. Think about it. I'm a good son-in-law. I'm the best son-in-law my mother-in-law has. Also the only son-in-law she has. I'm a good dude. She loves me. She texts me. I text her. We... We have a good, she loves me so much that when we, my, my wife and I dated for three years, but over that three years, it was really, we only dated a year and a half because it was every other day that we dated. And during that time frame, my mother-in-law loved me so much before we were even married uh, that she would text me and tell me, I'm so sorry, Kayla's doing this. I'm so sorry. Just hang on, baby. It's going to work out. <laughs> Somebody, that's a good mother-in-law right there. That's when I knew, okay. Kayla might be a scoundrel, but I'm going to marry her for that good lady. See, we laugh about this because we recognize the value in a mother-in-law having a daughter-in-law who would not leave her even though it would have been okay and understandable for her to leave. Ruth said this, this is the text that I read before you tonight, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you. Don't ask me, don't tell me to leave you because I'm not leaving you. I'm not going to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I am going to go. Wherever you lodge, that's where I'm going to lay my head down. Your people are going to be my people. But check this out. Remember, Orpah went back to her family and to her gods with a little G. But Ruth was so committed. She was so sold out to being loyal and faithful that she said, Your God will become my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. That needs to be the spirit of this church in the coming year, that no matter what happens in my life, I'm not leaving. No matter what happens in my family, I'm staying planted in the house of God. I will not leave. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what gods my family may serve. I don't care what idolatry they might bow to. I'm staying planted. I'm staying firm in the house of God. 
And let me tell you, when you do that, a special blessing will come to you that no man can take away. As Ruth spoke these words, she began sowing the seeds of future blessings. They were still hugging each other, crying. They were still trying to figure out what they were going to do. They were still, Naomi was still trying to convince Ruth to leave her alone and go back where she needed to go. But Ruth, Ruth was already planting the seeds of a harvest. She was already planting the seeds of a revival. And let me tell you, you when you stay faithful even when you don't stay faithful see this is why we walk by faith and not by sight we walk uh, by what we know according to God's word not according uh, to what we feel or desire according uh, to our flesh Uh, whenever we start doing that uh, we start pouring a blessing on not just us uh, but we start pouring a blessing on generations uh, that will come after us Uh, you want to have a church that'll last Uh, you gotta last Uh, I say it all the time I've told Patrick Delaney this uh, a lot the past few months as we've we've been transitioning him and Alicia into youth ministry I said Patrick you can't build a youth group on people that don't last and you can't build a church on people that don't last we love everybody but we invest heavily into the people who have said I'm not leaving no matter what happens and let me take that further than just building a church let me take it into the spirit realm when we tell God I'm not moving no matter what you send my way I'm staying faithful. If you kill me, guess what? I still win. If I die, I still win victoriously. Naomi wasn't even able to comprehend what was happening in her world, but something Ruth didn't even comprehend what was going to happen in her world and in generations to come. But something was burning deep inside Ruth that says something good is going to happen if I do this. I imagine that Ruth's family didn't understand it. I imagine that her friends were text messaging and and direct messages sliding in the DMs. I, I imagine there was all this kind of stuff uh, that was happening. Uh, but old Sister Ruth said, no, nah, I'm going to stay with my mother-in-law. It don't make sense. Uh, I might be lonely. I might not even understand it. Uh, but something within me is crying, stay faithful. And I believe in the heart of everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, uh, there was something crying out inside of you. Uh, stay faithful. Stay committed. Uh, you might not always want to, uh, but you listen to me tonight. If you do it, uh, you will have the blessing of Ruth upon your life. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands and give God thanks tonight. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for seeing you through. Oh. Oh. And so the conversation continues in verse 21 and 22. I just want to read the first little bit of verse 21. This is Naomi speaking again to her daughter-in-law, Ruth. I went out full... And the Lord has brought me home again empty. I went out full, but I came back empty. So Naomi returned. And Ruth, this is verse 22 now. So Naomi returned and Ruth Moabitess, 
her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Maybe I'm preaching to the spirit realm, to people who are not here, but yet uh, they will be ministered to through the spirit world tonight. Uh, that you feel like you went out full and you're coming back empty. Uh, let me tell you, the only way that God can ever really use you is if you are empty. Uh, the only way that God can ever pour out his hand of blessing uh, and provision in your night. I'm not talking about prosperity tonight. I'm talking about his favor on your life. Uh, I'm talking about his perfect and complete will being done in your life. The only way that can happen is for him to empty you completely. Uh, Also, Naomi was now wrong when she said she was coming back home empty. Yes, uh, she had to come back home empty for God to do through uh, for God to do through these two women what he wanted to do through them. Uh, They had to be broken and they had to be empty. Uh, Ruth was in the middle of learning a valuable lesson and that lesson and that lesson is the lesson that God allows us to be empty. Uh, You ought to thank God for moments of brokenness. Uh, You ought to thank God for moments of weakness. Uh, I know it might not be easy and it's not even natural. Uh, It's carnal for us to not want to give thanks uh, to God when we're in a rough season. Uh, But when we can learn the value of thanking God through the good, uh, but also in the bad, uh, we are elevating our God is bringing us to a new level in the spirit uh, to where we can walk in places uh, that we never imagined walking and be broken but yet minister to broken people and be and be in our own valley of confusion in our own fog of confusion but God can use our confusion to minister to someone else in their season of confusion you ought to thank God for the relationships he blocked you ought to thank God for the job that you got laid off from you ought to thank God for the business that failed you ought to thank God for the house deal that fell through for had it happened you wouldn't be here today and if you weren't here today you wouldn't be in the will of God I've come to tell you you are in the will of God where you are at and you learn you you need to learn to stay even when you don't want to stay stay faithful when you don't want to be faithful oh for the Holy Ghost here tonight can you put your hands together and give God praise These two ladies were empty and broken, and guess what? Joseph became empty when his brothers betrayed him, but we see what God did through Joseph. Job became empty when the Lord gave Satan permission to mess with him. You know, we, uh, uh, we all like to relate to Job or try to relate to Job during all this stuff, but we need to recognize and remember that it was God who gave Satan permission to mess with him. Satan had God's permission to take everything he had to kill his loved ones. It doesn't make sense to us, but Job came out of that brokenness and God could use him in ways that he can never have been used before. I'm sure Moses felt empty and broken after he murdered that boy. I'm sure Moses felt empty and broken as he was being raised in a palace that he was not intended to be raised to. You want to know who felt empty? Is the widow of Zarephath who had given everything she had. But guess what? She realized that whenever she was empty, she really 
really wasn't empty. She was at the beginning of the provision of God. You might be broken and empty tonight according to the world's standards. But if you're broke and you're busted and disgusted, that's a good preacher term right there. You can laugh about it. When you find yourself in that place, you are at the beginning of the provision of God. And how many can agree with me tonight that being in God's provision is being is better than being in your own provision? You can pay your bills, but God can protect you. You can you can put a house, you can put a roof over your family's head, but God can God can protect them from the things that the house can't protect them from. We serve a God who is faithful, church family. I don't care how beat down you are. I don't care how bad the situation looks. You be faithful. You be faithful in your season of emptiness. You be faithful in your season of brokenness. You be faithful in your season of brokenness. You might be poor tonight. You be faithful. You be faithful with a little and watch what God does with a little. It's a spiritual principle. If you be faithful to God, if you stay, He will stay for you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight, church family. Oh, Ruth felt empty, but she failed to realize that the blessing of being surrounded by loyal people, that's why you need to stay faithful in the house of God, because you are surrounded by people tonight who are loyal to you. Oh, I know every church has some scoundrels. I know every church has a crook or two. I know every church has that person that everybody tries to avoid like the bubonic, we try to avoid like the plague. I understand that, but by and large, you are surrounded by good people tonight. We all might, uh, uh, we all have made mistakes. Uh, we've all failed. Uh, we've seen some of each other's failures. Uh, we know each other's weaknesses and strengths because we're kind of like a family. Uh, but you are surrounded uh, by good people. The people of God will treat you better and be more loyal to you than the people of the world. Uh, the people in this house tonight uh, will stand with you when everybody else is running away. Uh, the people in this house uh, will give you money uh, when you have no money. Uh, the people in this house will fill your pantry when you have no food in your pantry. I'm not trying to pat you on the back tonight. I'm just trying to say that you're doing what you have been called to do. And because you've been faithful, God's pouring out a blessing on you. You hear me tonight under the unction of the Holy Ghost. What's coming to this church, nobody can stop. What's coming to your family, no man can stop. I wish somebody believed it tonight. I wish somebody believed it. Mm. Naomi felt empty, but she didn't realize that she was surrounded by faithful and loyal people. She felt like she was broke, but she was really blessed. Ruth didn't know what was going to happen in her world. And she didn't even know the seeds of blessing that she was planting by being faithful to her mother-in-law. She was blessed before she saw it. Before she saw it, she was blessed. While she was still single, before God had provided a new husband for her, before God had given her the baby that was going to come, for uh, for those of us that know the story, uh, she was already blessed. God was already laying the foundation to victory in her life. Uh, And I've come to tell somebody tonight under the unction of the Holy Ghost uh, that you're blessed, uh, that God's already provided for you, and you don't even realize it. Uh, You've come too far to leave. Uh, You've come too far to turn around now. Uh, God's done too much for you.
you even if you don't even realize it yet. Uh, listen to me uh, and just trust my words tonight. Uh, he's done too much for you to give up. Uh, don't give up on God now. The fight's been long. Uh, the battle's been treacherous. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that God has been good. Uh, God has been good. Uh, God has been good. Uh, God has been good. And guess what? Uh, he will always be good. Uh, he will always be good. Uh, guess what? Uh, he cannot be bad. He cannot be bad. It's against his DNA to be bad. He is a good father. He is a faithful father. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In the name of Jesus. Oh, for the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't know who this is to, but you ought to cling to it. You, you are out in the ocean sinking, and the Holy Ghost is sending somebody tonight a life vest. A life preserver is coming your way. You might feel like you're drowning and you're going under, but God's sending somebody tonight a little glimmer of hope. God's reminded somebody tonight that you're going to make it. 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 Hear me tonight, child of God. He has not failed you. He will not fail you. Uh, and he will never fail you. Uh, you're going to make it. Uh, Sister Martin used to sing the song around here all the time. We're going to make it. Uh, we're going to make it. Uh, you've got what it takes uh, to win. Uh, even though you don't even realize that you've got what it takes. Uh, you might not have it in you, but if you reach up, uh, oh, that's what Scripture says, I look uh, towards the hills uh, which cometh uh, my help. Uh, my help uh, comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, and if he's the maker, he's the sustainer. Come on, you ought to give God praise for His sustaining power. That's it. That's it. That's it. He sustains you. He's kept you. He's kept you. He's kept you. He's kept you. Stand with me tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, that's it. Throw your hands up right now. Uh, throw your hands up. The Lord's ministering to somebody. Uh, I don't have to say another word. Let the Holy Ghost minister to you. I don't know what you've been facing, uh, but you ought to cling to the Word of God tonight. Uh, and now's your chance to reply. Now's your chance to respond. Uh, these altars are open. Uh, if you want to respond to God, uh, if you want to dig the roots, uh, if you want to sink the roots in your life uh, a little bit deeper in the presence of God, uh, now's your chance. Uh, you ought to run to these altars. Come on. You might have sin in your life. You might not. I don't know where you're at, but it doesn't matter where you're at. Come to the altar tonight. Stay planted in the house of God, even when you don't have to. That's it, 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 that's it. Nobody looking around. If your eyes are open, it, it better be because you're coming to the altar tonight. There's a blessing coming. There's a blessing coming to you. Oh, there's peace coming to you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, oh yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh. Oh. Ruth chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 and Boaz answered and said to her now now uh, uh, Ruth has found Boaz and, and so there's this new future beginning to develop in Ruth's life uh, she doesn't know what it all entails but she feels a hope beginning to rise in her life uh, and Boaz said to her it has been fully reported to me uh, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband uh, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your own birth uh, 
and you have come to people who you do not know and you've never seen before. The Lord is going to repay your work and the full reward will be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. I've come to prophesy to this church. The wings of the Lord are outstretched over your life. The wings of refuge are opening over you. Come on, you ought to rest under the wings of the Holy Ghost tonight. There's a Look, there's restoration coming. I, I wish I could talk in specifics tonight. I, I'm not a prophet, I don't think. But I am telling you tonight that what you're facing, what you're facing, the end is nigh. The end is nigh. And restoration and blessing is coming to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh is it any wonder... It shouldn't blow our mind, but it does. That there was a boy by the name of Obed who was born, and his name means worshiper. Oh, his name means a worshiper. He was born from a lady who had lost it all. She was a vagabond. She was roaming. She had found herself in the worst situations that life could have possibly handed her. But yet when restoration began to come back to her and the promises of God were fulfilled in her life, when she had a boy and she thought she would never have a baby, what did she name that boy? She named that boy worship. And that's what some of you ought to name your circle circumstance right now is worship. I might be in a valley. I might be coming out, but I'm going to worship my way through it. I'm going to worship my way through it. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. Ah, so Obed, his name means worship in the Hebrew. He was the son of Boaz and Ruth, the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. Oh, what, what a beautiful legacy this lady left. Uh, what a beautiful legacy Ruth left uh, because she stayed when she didn't have to stay. Because she stayed when she didn't have to stay. Her son is named as one of the ancestors of Jesus uh, in the genealogies recorded in Matthew 1 and in Luke. Uh, look, uh, you might your, your name might not ever be known, but if you be faithful. The ones coming after you will be known. You might not ever be recognizable. The things you do for God might not ever get you a packet pat on the back. It might not ever get you public recognition. But listen, when you're faithful to God, you leave a legacy for future generations. And when future generations step into their destiny, Popsy, because I'm obedient to the plan of God, Grammy, I'm honoring you. I'm not honoring you to honor you, but God is rewarding y'all's years of ministry through me. Dad, God's rewarding you and Papa because he's rewarding you through me. You might not ever be known. You might not ever know what it's like to be uh, I'm trying to say a household head name. You might not ever know that, but just the fact that you've been faithful will set forth generational blessings that nobody can stop. That paved the way for the Messiah this lady did with her faithfulness. I've come tonight to tell you to be faithful. This is all I got. I've done preaching, but will you be faithful? Will you respond with a life of worship? Will you respond with a life of gratitude tonight? That's it. Why don't you stand with me over the building tonight? In the name of Jesus. Oh, that's it. That's it. Why don't everybody, let's just gather around the front. I don't want to make you uncomfortable tonight, but the truth is some of you need to be uncomfortable tonight. Oh, uh, staying when you don't have to stay 
not only blesses you, but it paves the way for future generations. Oh, God, you know what we're doing tonight? Uh, we're paving the way for my grandchildren if the Lord comes. Uh, you know what we're doing tonight? Uh, we're paving the way for your great-grandchildren if the Lord delays his coming. Uh, we are not wasting time being planted in the house of God. Uh, you are not wasting your time being faithful in times when there's a lot of people at church or, or when there's not a lot of people at church. Uh, you are not wasting your times uh, in services when we're swinging off the light trusses uh, or in services when we can't wait or when you can't wait for me to be done. Uh, you're not wasting your time. You are not wasting your time. You're laying, you're laying the foundation for this church to be a generational church. Oh, not only that, not, not only that, the seeds that you plant of faithfulness honors, honors previous generations. Brother Primo, you've been faithful. I call you out a lot. You've stood next to my dad through some of the craziest times that, we, that nobody would have ever imagined. This church board, uh, Sister Weldon, so many of you uh, that stand up, you've been faithful. You've been faithful. I, I'm not trying to call names because now I'm going to overlook somebody, uh, but we have been through a storm. Uh, it's no secret to a lot of you. Some of you are brand new and you don't know. Uh, we have been through hell on earth. Uh, some of it because it's our fault. Some of it because of life. Uh, we take full responsibility because people are people and we are people. But guess what? Uh, We've weathered the storm. We've come through, and let me challenge you in this year. Just because we've weathered the storm is not now time to relax. It's time to get a second wind. It's time to push forward. Sister Martin, you've been faithful. You've done everything we've asked you to do, but let's keep on pushing harder. VBS this year, it's going to be dynamic. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be crazy in here. It's going to be chaotic, but it's going to bring souls in here. It's going to bring souls in here. And what's going to happen there's going to be a revival oh come on believe it with me tonight believe it with me tonight Jason, uh, you're not going to be... Look, uh, let me just pause the timeout. It's a shame that we have only two people that work buses and they're men. Uh, Do you understand the liability that that puts this church in uh, every Sunday morning? Uh, The risk that we willingly put ourselves in uh, because we're picking up children with only two men? Uh, I know it's dangerous. Uh, I hate that it's like that. Uh, But I applaud your effort. Uh, And it's not going to be very long. You're going to have some women helping you. And you're going to have some mothers. uh, And you're going to have some Father's helping you. You hear me tonight. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Oh. And while we're here, while we're here, let me just adjust, uh, uh, let me address this. I've already waited out in it and I've already messed up the altar call. I'm believing, my wife and I are praying and believing. Pastor and Sister Smith, we talk about it every single week. We need laborers like we have never needed them before. We are shorthanded in every single service. Not because we don't have enough people, but because we don't have enough laborers. We don't have enough ushers. There's times church starts and we don't still have ushers. I'm not fussing at you. I'm not even mad at you. I'm just coming here to tell you that you keep on being faithful and you watch what God's going to do. Even Look, let me just say it like this. If it's not your week to usher, you still be here prepared to usher. If it's not your week to sing, you show up ready to sing. 
Oh, I know it gets uncomfortable, and I, I understand that. But we're not just teaching our lessons so we can say we taught our lessons. We're not just being ushers and hostesses and singers and musicians and whatever it is you do. We're not just doing that so we can say we did it. We are trying to make an impact in the eternity of people's lives. We are trying to pull people out of the pits of hell and get them on streets of gold. We are doing something that's important. In the name of Jesus. Oh. So what happens when we stay faithful and we don't want to stay faithful? We get women on bus routes. What happens when we stay faithful, when we don't feel like being faithful, we have more than enough ushers and hostesses. What happens when we stay faithful, when we don't feel like being faithful, God opens up the windows of heaven. And the blessing is so great that I can't even have the imagination to describe it to you tonight. But you listen to me. Under the sound of my voice tonight are men and women who will change this community. Under the sound of my voice are coming men and women, either through your Bible studies or because you're having children and grandchildren. I don't know how it's going to happen, but there are people coming that will change this community. There are influencers coming that will change the trajectory of this church. Why? Because you were faithful. Oh, that's it. Why don't you lift your hands with me tonight?